Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hi, thanks for joining me again. Great to have you along. Looking forward to having a bit of a chat today on the topic of how I got thousands of email subscribers on my HR business newsletter list. And so what I have there is it's actually a series of uh, segregated separate newsletters uh, sent and delivered via email uh, for the HR business sector. So when I say HR business, I'm talking about generalist recruitment firms or HR tech firms, employee engagement consultancies or tech firms, uh, recruiters, diversity and inclusion, all sorts of stuff. But as long as it's within that HR uh, range of work, the world of work. And yeah, so I've got thousands of people who receive my information, my briefings via email. And so people sometimes ask, well, how did you get all these people on there? So I thought I'd just share 10 ways that I've done it. Uh, and potentially you could do something similar for your business and accelerate the growth. But before I get into the 10 different methods and the things that I've done, I just thought it's probably worth touching base on why does it matter? Why have these thousands of people or tens of thousands of people on an email list or even a hundred people on an email list? Why does that matter? And so the first point that I would make is that it's your list. So whatever you use, whether it's HubSpot or MailChimp, MailerLite, Active campaign, whatever it is, that list of people, that list of potential sales, uh, potential customers, referrers, influencers, that's your list. So it's not Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter's list. So you might have a, a group that you run on LinkedIn or on Facebook or whatever you, sort of portal or platform that you might use, but they're not yours. So was it recently that Facebook lost 200 billion or some crazy number like 200 billion dollars on the stock market recently in one single day and that was because they released earnings and they showed that they had for the first time ever had a reduction in the number of active users on the site right so Facebook for the first time was actually losing people right and it's the same with groups that are on there and things the groups are really powerful and so on uh, but people are using that less new things arise TikTok and other stuff uh, and it's the same with linkedin linkedin is a bit more quiet when it comes to group engagement um, people act a bit more uh, professional and well behaved let's say on linkedin than they might on facebook or they're less relaxed so it's harder to get that engagement uh, but equally yeah linkedin and facebook and twitter these places can change the rules privacy laws might kick in um, or other things that either drive people away or people lose interest or you just get banned for whatever reason, because I actually know an HR business that that has happened to, two different businesses, sorry, in the HR space, uh, where they got their accounts banned for no reason, you know, no fault of their own, Uh, just access issues and things like that. And and it's a battle to get it back. So imagine having a a group sitting there waiting for you to say something and, and you're locked out, you know, standing at the front door, trying to bang on the door, trying to get in. So the point is having a list, it's in your control. And it's, you can use that as you wish. Another reason is that it takes time to nurture sales relationships. And there was a, a study, it was called the B2B path to purchase study. And that found that on average, B2B buyers do 12 online searches or research pieces per 
prior to visiting a specific brand's website. And then when they get to the site, of course, they're going to do even more research, such as, well, we've got these employment workforce issues and challenges that we need to resolve. Is this the right business? What do they do? What are their features? What are their services? Um, how do they approach things? What's their pricing? Who's the team? All that kind of stuff. They're going to do a lot of research and they will do that online before they ever want to speak to you because who wants to have a sales call? No one does, right? You know, we've all either busy or we don't want to get the big hard sell sales pitch. So people, I'm sure it's the same for you because it's the same for the vast majority of people, same for me. We, we look stuff up. We look stuff up online, research it before we ever want to talk to someone. Um, so having an email list helps you nurture that sales relationship uh, to the point where you can build up that know, like, trust thing that you hear around the place that the people on that list get to know you, get to like you, trust you to the point where, yeah, okay, I'm ready to have that call. Um, they go to your contact page, they book a call or they book a demo for your product, whatever it may be. But it takes that time. Another reason to have uh, that email list and build it up over time is that it's a fast, direct access to new clients. So you've got a list, you've built it up. They are people who are in your target market. Um, so if you're selling diversity and inclusion technology or consulting services, for example, it's not full of people who are interested in buying a new car or some other random topic. They're there because they're interested in the topics that you talk about, i.e. diversity and inclusion, right? So it's a very warm list of potential clients or customers. So you could, in theory, not just in theory, but in practice, send an email to that list and a certain percentage of people will take action, whether that's to download a new resource, attend a webinar, book a sales call, watch a demonstration, or potentially buy something or buy your services. So it is a fast, direct access. So it's just raw numbers. The more people you have in that targeted group, uh, the high, the odds that um, you'll make that sale or win a new client or so on. Another thing is that it boosts your other marketing. So I mentioned webinar. You, if you want to fill a webinar that you're going to be running, um, then send an email about it. Uh, if you want to get comments on a LinkedIn post that you're trying to drum up some interest in, you can send an email and send a link to that post. Or if you want to get more website visits to show off to Google that you're getting great SEO and people click around the place, and um, you know, so you're getting your website traffic up to boost your SEO, you could send emails to do that. Um, so it can tie in and connect all of your marketing. And obviously that's the preference that everything's sort of sequenced and lined up. But it yeah, gives a little kick to everything that you're doing. Um, and then finally, ultimately, it, it leads to more client work, more sales, more revenue. So given the choice of having no list versus having a list, it's, I hate that word, but it's a bit of a no-brainer. So it can lead to potential work. So let's look at some of the, uh, the 10 methods that I was describing. How did I start from zero to going to get you know, many thousands of uh, people onto those mailing lists? The first one was honestly... I just asked people. It's not very high tech, it's not very fancy, but I did manual outreach, i.e. one by one, sitting there on LinkedIn or um, people I knew I'm uh, connected on with emails and so on. I sent them a note saying, I'm starting a newsletter on this topic of how to grow an HR business, a business in the HR sector, where I share some tips and advice and best practices and how I help clients. Would you like to join that list? Yes or no? Uh, and if they said yes, cool, what's your email address and I'll add you. 
So very manual, but that got me 100 people. Uh, it took time, it took effort. They were handpicked, so they were kind of um, more engaged, let's say, and they gave feedback and things like that. So that's excellent, really handy. Um, but if you haven't started a list or if it's very, very small, try that. Try a manual approach. Secondly, I, I guess I became a bit obsessed with lead capture. So I made lead capture, as I call it, the focus of my website homepage, of every service page, of blog posts and the sidebar, um, the about us pages, all that kind of stuff. It was the key focus. And that's a bit different to the way other businesses do it sometimes. It's generally on a professional services or an HR tech site. Um, it will be all about the product, services, features, all that kind of stuff. And then tucked away in the corner, there'll be a join our newsletter, uh, fill in the form box thing. Or there'll be a couple of links to, to join a newsletter list or a resource and stuff. I kind of flipped that around and now I made it the focus because I knew that if you get 100 people visiting a website, what's that? Maybe 2 to 5% will take any sort of action as in book a call, um, visit the services page and maybe request some sort of additional follow-up information, things like that. Small percentages. Whereas if I can get 20 to 30% people opting in for the resources, the newsletter list and other things, I can then talk to them via that lead nurturing process that I was describing earlier about warming them up over time. So get some of those 12 visits and pieces of research done before they're ever ready to make a call. So yeah, flipped it around and made lead capture the focus. Thirdly, my LinkedIn profile, it always talks about cool lead magnets and, and resources and things that people can get, whether that's a webinar or a PDF or some sort of uh, free resource. It changes from time to time, depending on the focus of, of um, our business activities, but there's always something there to say, well, come and get this cool resource, join the newsletter list, that sort of thing. Uh, but it's uh, ever present and it does generate new subscribers that way. Number four um, is around SEO rankings for keywords and then tailor the opt-ins there. So what that means is uh, I have lots of content specifically for businesses in the HR sector on how they can grow and expand and develop. Um, and as a result, there are lots of different blog posts, articles on different topics and related keywords. And so rather than just having a generic hey, join my newsletter form or opt-in box on all of those topics and pages. I try to tweak them wherever possible to have a different focus point that matches what that page is about. So if it's about profitability, I might add a profitability-related opt-in form and resource there that feeds into the newsletter, or it might be um, a marketing strategy resource when the keyword or the, the article is around marketing strategy and that sort of stuff. So it is about aligning it, just it, it boosts conversion rate. You know, So you turn up to something, you're reading an article about it, uh, whatever marketing topic it is, but it's very generic. The opt-in form is very generic. It's not gonna have the same impact as, well, I'm reading something about employee engagement, business growth, and wow, here's an employee engage, engagement, business growth tool and resource and newsletter. Of course, I'm going to stick in my name and email. So uh, that's another method that I've employed. Number five. Uh, so I wrote interesting email sequences uh, that helped 
uh, people grow their businesses. So I'm trying to put valuable information in there. And that means people stick around and either spread the word, um, but it's, it's not salesy. Uh, and it is also segmented. That's an important aspect. So I've got different audiences. Um, my business serves uh, consultants. It serves HR tech people. And also it serves people who are in uh, companies employed as you know HR professionals in one of the guys that may learning development leaders, um, talent managers, etc. But they're still employed and they're thinking about starting their business. So I have a course around that just to help them start that business. Um, so they're different segments. And so hence I have a newsletter that segments people out and gives them different information because they want to know about different stuff. Uh, so I write out interesting email sequences that entertain, inform, help people uh, and businesses. Well, actually people, it's, it's, I'm not educating a business. I'm educating a person who's running a business. And that's an important point. But anyway, number five was around having interesting content there that people learn and, and benefit from and will potentially share. Number six is just posting regularly on LinkedIn. So you've nothing, no rocket science in that, but it is about having that regular profile and where you're talking about information and then people can see that there's other stuff available, i.e. via that email list. So being present, sharing information that's useful and as a result, suggesting that people can join the mailing list to get more stuff like this. That is a source of growth for the email list. Seven was starting a podcast, shock horror, here you are. Um, but yeah, the uh, voiceover, the introduction, and the out, outro, as I call it, um, that always talks about getting more resources uh, on the website. So getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast, and you can opt in there. Uh, and again, they'll, that'll segment people into different categories and things like that. But the podcast has been a great way to gain that exposure and extend the reach and hence add more people to the mailing list. Number eight, I've spoken on lots of podcasts and conference panels and things like that, webinars and stuff like that. And there are always opportunities to say, if you'd like more information on this topic, check out the website because there's lots of resources. Just stick in your name and email address and you'll get this good stuff and you'll join my uh, business growth newsletter for HR businesses. So getting out there, um, if you're shy or um, worried about that sort of stuff, just try one, get that going. And then once you've done one, you go, that wasn't too bad. I'll do another one. Uh, and if you can make a regular habit of that, that's obviously a great way to grow that mailing list. Number nine um, is asking for referrals to my newsletter. So when, when I'm speaking with someone, uh, whether that's via email or on LinkedIn or in person or on Zoom calls and stuff, you know, sometimes I will say, hey, if you know others who would, benefit from my business growth newsletter for businesses in the HR sector, let them know. That's all. No big hard sell, no big hard pitch, but just the fact that, as I mentioned earlier, I've got these interesting e email sequences. I've built in great resources and stuff that is actually helpful, spreadsheets and tools and videos and audios, all kinds of really cool stuff. Uh, people see that, yeah, that is good. And so I ask them to refer it on and tell others about it. And so that works. That's a great way of sort of uh, spreading the word. Uh, and then lastly, stuff that I'm doing more of these days f um, for myself, for my business and for client companies is online advertising. And that works in two main ways. One is to have ads, um, whether that's Facebook 
or Google, not so much LinkedIn, and that we'll do that at another time, but it, very few businesses make LinkedIn work for them in a, in a positive ROI fashion. But having ads running on Facebook or Google, um, the first method will be to give them free resources. So I, I, I use the phrase lead magnet, which you've probably heard, you know, so some sort of PDF guide, ebook, video, checklist, stuff like that. And they can get that for free and then they're, they're going to be joining the main link uh, newsletter list or secondly is to sell uh, products uh, and then on the back of that at, invite them into the newsletter list so you know paid versions of that opt-in process and we do it both ways um, for, for different reasons which i won't go into here but they work both of them work really really well for businesses uh, in the old days yeah you wouldn't use facebook but these days we have some pretty cool targeting processes that we use. And then obviously, because we only focus on the HR industry, we can share audience learnings and method learnings across different client campaigns. Um, so if something works for one company, we may then be able to use that for another one in a non-competing business. And we see what works and then we can apply that. So yeah, we're doing more of that and that grows the audience list, which feeds into that automated email sequence which gives you some of those 12 touch points that we talked about earlier, which lets them know, like, and trust you. You can share more resources and stuff. So if you think about it, you go through all of that process, they're in your target market. They've got a clear problem. They've identified that by joining your mailing list. You've then nurtured and educated them over time with your emails and the resources you've shared with them. Well, if you do that, Imagine what the sales call is going to be like at the end of all of that process. Now, all of that is happening on autopilot. You're not touching that stuff, but man, it's so much more powerful. If you think of conversion rates or closing rates, whatever you want to call it for sales calls or for demos, things like that, which would you rather have? Someone who has been through this email nurturing process or someone who's just never heard of you, has visited your website and then clicked to book a call, a sales call or a book a demo? Which one do you think is going to perform better? Obviously, it's the one that's been through that nurturing process. They know a lot about you. If they didn't like you, if they didn't like the way you do your business, they're not going to book that call because they've been through the nurturing process. They've understood it. But you've actually been answering their queries, handling objections, all that kind of stuff via that email newsletter list and the resources that you shared so that by the time you get them on the phone, they kind of know what to expect. There's no surprises. You may have either shared pricing with them or you might have alluded to it uh, or they might be pleasantly surprised or they might be shocked, but you've educated them so that there's not that shock factor. And in fact, they're far more likely to say, yes, we'd like to get started. And so hence, the sales lead time sales cycle is much reduced from that point when you get them on the call. Whereas you flip that around, there's a lot more manual work involved and a lot slower sales cycle time if you haven't got that in place. So yes, you could get someone visiting your website, booking a call to have a sales conversation or a demo, um, but it will be a much slower sales cycle from there. And there's lots of back and forth and sending them stuff and having more calls and more calls and more calls, as opposed to the other method where you've warmed them up over time, getting those 12 touch points, educating them, no like trust. And then yes, let's start business. Can you help us? And you start helping them with your services or products. So look, they're the 10 different ways that uh, have worked for me. Obviously, there's a lot more and they've done so much. Hopefully that's 10. I see that, that I didn't mention the uh, HR consultants conference that I ran and webinars that I've hosted and, web and boot camps and things like that. They all obviously contribute. 
So I'll list these out probably in a in an email newsletter sequence. How about that? So yeah, let me know what you think. Just ping me on the getmorehrclients.com website. Do check out the services there. If you think that you would like to try and employ this in your own business, get in touch. You just go to the services page, choose your category and get in touch. We could easily map out a plan like this that will help you grow your mailing list. We've covered a lot, whether there's ads and content and LinkedIn and all sorts of stuff, but you connect it all together. That's a way of having a much more scalable, predictable business growth plan. Excellent talking to you today. I will speak with you again soon. Thanks very much. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.